Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Nobody put heavy metal guitar solos inside of dance songs, and then all of a sudden you got Shalimar and Janet Jackson and everybody doing it. Yeah. Somebody has to do it first in the whole world to go, whoop, what was that? Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show and the Rock School Radio Network Broadcasting Campus, Southeastern Louisiana University. I forgot that last week. Did you get in trouble? I did. The general manager, Todd, he <gasps> yelled at me. No. Called me bad names and shook his finger like at this? me. He did. He did that sweep oh. thing across the top of the finger, and I told him, Todd, I'll do my best to get it in next week. So there we go. <laughs> we have it. You guys out there who are guitarists, who are musicians, if you don't know it already, make sure you make a point of heading over to a website called Reverb.com. And when you arrive there, sign up for their newsletter. I get it. I think it's wonderful. There was on their website a fantastic uh, article called Eight Famous Guitar Tones That Were Recorded Straight Into the Board by a wonderful guy named Dante Fumo. So what I did is I contacted Reverb.com. Dan Orkin is the editor of the whole thing. Right. And I said, hey, can I use this? And Mm -hmm. Dan said, you bet. Just make sure you tell them about our website and the fact that they can buy and sell uh, equipment on there. Done. Did I do it? You did. We'll do it again, too. Yeah, we'll do it at least one more time. So thanks, Dan, and also thanks, Dante. Once again, eight famous guitar tones that were recorded straight into the board. Now, here's the thing. Every so often, I make a a, a show that's just technical as anything. Right. And what I'm hoping to do is sort of take the uninitiated, somebody who is taking my audio class for the first time, and I start to throw terms at them. Yeah. Now, understand these terms, kids. And see if you can't then use them to do something with. So what I'm going to do is explain the concept here. What you normally think of is when you hear a guitar, blatantly, they didn't record the guitar. They recorded the amplifier. So there I stand with a, you know, a four by four huge Marshall stack with a head and they stuck a microphone in front of it. And Uh there's all these arguments between guitars. Well, it's got to be an SM57 microphone. Oh no, I use the Neumann, what have you. And oh no, you have to have it directly on the grill cloth. No, no, you must back it off. No, it's got to be off the ground. No, 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 you want it on the ground. There's all these arguments. However, some of the greatest guitar tones didn't involve an amplifier at all. What? None whatsoever. It went straight into the audio board with the use of a DI box. I'm going to tell you what that is. And the use of preamps. Going to tell you what that is. And they got the tone without an amplifier at all. I'm not buying it. All right. Let me throw one at you. Okay. The You know the song Revolution by the Beatles? I do. Not the slower one. The harder one that's got the disturbance. Yes, indeed. Blatantly, that was a... A Marshall or an AC30, a Vox AC30. 
blatantly that's what it was, right? Right. No. Had to be. No, there was no amplifier involved. Come on now. There's a guy named Jeff Emmerich. He was one of the engineers at Abbey Road, worked with the Beatles. What they did was take the guitar. There's a cord coming out of the guitar. Yes. They ran it into a DI box. I'm going to tell you what a DI Do box is. Do you know is. this for sure? I guarantee it. Oh, I guarantee it. This comes right from Jeff Emmerich. All right. Out of the DI box into a preamp. Yep. Which amplifies it. Now, a preamp is not an amp. Right. It's not a speaker that, that makes sound. Preamp. Then out of that preamp into another preamp. And they took those amplifiers and they cranked them to 11. And that's how you get that wicked sound. And then straight into the board. So no amplifier. Two preamps into the board. Right. No speaker. No speaker. Straight into the board. And that's how they got that cool you sound. You are lying. No, I'm not. I'm telling you the truth. Let me play it. We'll come back. We'll define our terms. And we'll start playing around with some different songs that did that. Sounds like this on Rock School. You say you want a revolution. Well, you know. We all want to change the world. Tell me that it's evolution Well, all right All right All right All right All right All right Beatles Revolution and a fantastic guitar sound which didn't involve an amplifier what we're going to talk about today, once again, eight songs. I think I may do a little bit more, okay. but eight songs that did not use an amplifier. They went straight into the audio board. So it's time for me to become the teacher. All right. Okay. The, the academic, the professor. You're always the teacher. Please call me Dr. Burns. All right. Because I am a doctor and that doesn't look good. And you should have that burn. checked out. Yeah. Uh, let's get the terms correct here. When you say the word amplifier. What you're using is sort of a wishy-washy overriding term that can mean a PA amp, it can mean a guitar amp, a bass amp, yep. but still, you when plug you- plug it in and, right. and off it goes. When you just say amplifier, uh-huh. you're talking about the thing that makes sound. Yeah, noise. Got it? Right. right. Now, some people can fight with me, I get it, but for our terms here, it's the thing that makes sound. Got gotcha. it? Preamplifier. Okay. Here's here's the best way I can explain it. A guitar, and again, I know guitarists are going to go, but what about active pickups? Stop it. Uh, a regular guitar pickup is built with magnets. So what you have is the electrical signal equal to what a magnet puts out. It's not a lot. So that's not a strong enough signal for the amplifier to play. Okay. So what you have is what's known as a preamp. Right. So the signal comes in, the preamplifier amplifies it to the point that the major amplifier can go with it. Does that make sense? Yep. Now you can have multiple preamplifiers. How many? But however many you want. Really? Yeah, it's a concept of putting them what's known as in line. Well, that just sounds stupid. It depends on what you want. So many sounds are made by taking these machines that were never meant to do what they're supposed to do and putting them here and there and everywhere. So <laughs> next thing, uh -huh. direct box. Okay. Okay. I mentioned this with the Beatles thing, a DI box. Now DI, they're, they're both the same thing, direct box and a DI box. DI stands for direct injection. Here's what it does. In, in fact, I'm pointing at one. 
Right there it is. Yep, I see it. See it? Oh, it's tiny. Yeah, all it has to do is play with the signal. So what I can do is plug a, a plug into my guitar. Right. Then plug it into the DI box. Gotcha. The DI box will turn it into a signal that can be used by the audio board. Okay. So there is a preamp in there, but it also changes it from high impedance to low impedance. It changes it from unbalanced to balanced and blah, blah, blah. It can also, if you have something that has too strong a signal, it can pull it down. But what it does basically at its, at its simplest point uh-huh. is it takes a signal and turns it into something that an audio board can use. Got it? Got it. Got it. Compression. If you compress something, what do you do? Push it down. Exactly. Yeah. So if you put compression, and compression is either analog or digital, if you put compression on a sound, mm-hmm. it pushes the entire frequency range into a nice little packet. Right. And it does this by taking lower frequencies and pushing, not lower in terms of tone, lower in terms of of amplitude, and pushes them forward and takes stronger signals and pulls them back. Oh, it's fantastic for voice. Great for voice. Uh, I did radio for how many years? A few. At, At least a decade plus. And normally what you have is this thing called the Optimod, Uh, which is the last thing that your voice hits before it goes over the air. We called it the Optigod. Why? Because it takes your voice and Uh, makes you sound like God. Oh, gosh. Can you put it on my voice, please? (laughs) Yep. Now, I talked about things being in line. Right. Think of it this way. Mm -hmm. You know how guitarists can use these little foot pedals like for distortion and phase and flange and such? Okay. There is a line, a wire, coming out of the guitar, going in. Into the the little box. Yep, yep. Coming out of the box. Right. Going into the amplifier. Yep. That is in line. Gotcha. Meaning when it's recorded, that effect cannot then be removed. Right. So if you record a guitar with distortion, you can't then go in and pull the distortion out. Gotcha. Okay. Do we know our terms? Yeah. There we go. We got our terms. I got to play a song for you. Yeah. One of your favorite songs is... Mine? Yeah, My Old School by Steely Dan. It is. Right, the solo inside of it, Uh just that little bit of distortion Uh on it. It was played by Skunk Baxter, who also played with the Doobie Brothers. Right. And he himself admits, straight into the board, straight into the board, and then they use the gain, preamp, gain, in order to give it just a little bit of distortion. Okay, so he didn't do anything with a a pedal or anything like that. Nothing, straight into the board. No amplifier, no nothing. I love him. Steely Dan, my old school on Rock School. of a long break and then a long song we're a right. touch behind on time 
So I'm going to throw something out to you pretty quickly. And we're also going to have a first here on the Rock School Radio Show. Well, I like that. We're going to play The Carpenters. What? Yes, 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 yes. We're going to play the Carpenters. Okay, the song you is vowed called. Vowed to never play the Carpenters. No, didn't no, you? I vowed to never play Michael Jackson, <gasps> and then he died. Okay, yes. so you run into these things. Carpenters, goodbye to love. Those of you who know the song, sorry. But if you know the song, it's as the Carpenters always do. It's this lush thing with Karen singing in this beautiful alto voice and such. Yeah. However, right in the middle of it is this extremely distorted solo. And some people even point to this song as the first sort of power ballad because of the guitar solo. No. Oh, yeah. No, I no. think Yeah, I think that's stretching the topic. But... It says here that Karen got a hold of the Paul Revere guitarist. His name was Tony Peluso, and he shows up with his guitar, and Peluso plugged it straight in. They then took the guitar, and he he played something that sounded like it should be in the Carpenter's song. Right. Slow, boring. Well, as he was doing this, the Carpenters say to him, come on, man, Richard Carpenter specifically, the, the piano player, says to him, look, man, you got to rip this up. Play the melody for five bars and then burn it up. That's the quote. Right, Soar off right. into the stratosphere. So what they did was basically what the Beatles did. They went to a DI box and then into a preamp and turned the preamp way past what the amplifier was. And anybody who knows amplifiers knows if you turn the preamp past where the amplifier is set, you distort. Technically, you overdrive, but the fact remains you still distort. Got it? I'm with you. And that's the way it was done. Carpenters, listen to the guitar solo here on Rock School. I'll say goodbye to love. No one ever cared if I should live or die. Time and time again The chance for love has passed me by And all I know of love is how to live without it I just can't seem to find it Into the first break, just a little bit late. I think that guitar solo works. I know oh, it's. I like it. I know yeah. it's completely outside the song, right? But it works. It, it's one of those things, and you want these things in songs. When something occurs, everybody kind of perks up and goes, "Whoa, what was that?" It, I think you want that. I think you want things that make people sort of turn their head real quick, and that did it. Yeah. And Richard Carpenter was right. Come on, man, play us a a guitar solo like nice. when like when the guitar solo came in and beat it. Nobody put heavy metal guitar solos inside of dance songs, and then all of a sudden you got Shalimar and Janet Jackson and everybody doing it. Yeah. Somebody has to do it first, and the whole world to go, whoop, what was that? What was that? Now, thanks again, once again, to the people at Reverb.com, specifically Dan Orkin and Dante Fumo for letting me use all of this information. Uh, this is the first break, so I can't play a song. It's wonderful because, and this is really what I love about the internet, Somebody can make a statement, and as long as people aren't trolls, we can have this argument back and forth on whether it was or not. According to Dante, uh, Mr. Tambourine Man, Roger McGuinn's wonderful 12-string guitar, was recorded directly into the board to, quote, not hurt his instruments or his equipment from this stupid rock and roll. 
Got it? Got it. Well, and, and you know what? It makes sense. However, then everybody came back and said, no, no, no. He recorded it with this. And they showed the amplifier and they showed the picture and they showed the... Which one's right? I don't know. I don't. Does it matter? <sighs> Does it matter? To me... That's a better question. Does it matter? Me, <laughs> to me... Yes. It does? To most people, no. Okay, to you. What, is, to, what does it matter? I would love it to be a DI box, but you know what? No. It, it might be right out of the amplifier. I don't know. Who's listening to us here on this Rock oh, School radio what show? what the heck? Let me find the sheet. W-X-Z-Y in Kane, P-A. Superb. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Coming out of the break, Led Zeppelin, Black Dog. Hey, hey, mama, said the way you move. Not a question. There was a Les Paul and Marshall Stacks, and they put an SM57 right up against. Yeah, not a chance. What? The whole thing was recorded as a DI directly into the board. Really? With all that distortion. And you know what's wonderful about Jimmy Page? He's sloppy. Oh, he's terribly sloppy. But he's sloppy on purpose. And you can't, you can't even do his sloppy, right? Right. You, you, That's the hard thing. Right. The moment you feel like you're emulating him, Ooh, you, you ain't sound got it. wrong. Yeah. The thing about Black Dog is it always sounded to me to be a little more sloppy than it should be, and uh-huh. I never understood why. I now understand why. Okay. When they recorded it, no amplifier. Their studio guy, Andy Johns, decided to take the Les Paul that uh, Paige was playing and ran it into a direct inbox. Now, we know what a DI box is. Okay. And then had it onto a preamp, which he could amplify the signal. That gives the little bit of uh, distortion, overdrive. I know it's overdrive, but distortion, overdrive, that kind of thing. And then went into two compressors, which fattened up the sound twice. All right. Two compressors, then into the board. Okay. Okay. He recorded it and it was a great sound. Now, I never understood because it it sounds like it starts a little wrong or ends a little wrong and such. They didn't like how the sound was. So what they did was triple tracked the sound, which means he played it again. Then he played it again. So it's not sloppy because he's playing it. It's sloppy because you can't get three guitar tracks to be perfectly the same. Right. And that's how they got Black Dog. Wow. So you think, how come I can't get that sound? Because you ain't doing it like he did it, man. You ain't never going to get that sound. (laughs) Zeppelin on Rock School. Bottom of the hour plus five minutes. I can't remember the last time we were this late on time. No, it's not me. It's the songs are long. That's what it is. Blame Jimmy Page. 
Don't blame me. <laughs> once again, bottom of the hour, I'm Joe Burns. You I'm are? I'm Burns. Thank you once again to the people at Reverb.com. Dan Orkin, who is the editor, and also uh, Dante Fumo, who helped me out by allowing me to use eight famous guitar tones that were recorded straight into the board. Go look at the article and then dig uh, Reverb.com. So let's do seven days, 70 seconds. These are the rock and roll dates, January 15th all the way through January 21st. Go ahead, Tammy. You got Monday. January 15th, 1971. George Harrison releases My Sweet Lord. January 16th, 1976. Donnie and Marie are a little bit country and a lot of bit rock and roll. Their musical variety show comes on ABC TV. January 17th, 1983. The 10th American Music Award was held. You know what? John Cougar is the big winner. January 18th, 1944, the Metropolitan Opera House in New York hosts a jazz concert for the first time. The performers were Louis Armstrong, Eddie Goodman, Lionel Hampton, Hardy Shaw. January 19th, 1971, the Beatles. Helter Skelter is played at Charles... What? At, at the Charles, Charles Manson, Manson trial. trial? Yeah. yeah the oh, Mac- Lord. As, as the family called it, Maxwell's Silver Hammer. January 20th, 1987, Rhino Records gets its first number one, Billy Vera and the Beaters, at this moment. And then January 21, 1987, B.B. King donates his 7,000-person record collection to the University of Mississippi. Wow, ladies and gentlemen. Go, B.B. All right, we got to get into a song. Do it. You You know the song by Chic? Lafreak. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody wanted that Nile Rogers gorgeous yes. guitar tone. Yes, we, yes, we saw yes. Chic live. Uh-huh. And his guitar tone was beautiful. Unbelievable. But it wasn't what it was on the record. Why? Why? Because what he did was go direct, used a DI, bo- uh, DI box, of course. But it doesn't say anything here about any preamps or anything like that. But he went straight into what's known as a, and I've heard it said different ways, a Neve board or a Nev board, N-E-V-E. Okay. The reason you can't get that sound right on the kisser is because these boards are fantastically prized. They were hand-wired analog boards made in the 1980s, and... If you went to a certain place to record and they had a Nev Neve board, it was their selling point. Gotcha. Because nothing else would sound like it. Right. Why? It was hand wired. Difference in length of cord, difference amount of solder to get it where it is and such. And it was that selling point. So chic sounds like it does because of that specific board and that specific guitar. Period. Nice. Can you equal chic? Not unless you got that guitar and that board, man. Here you go. La Freak on Rock School. Okay, coming into the second break, I want to come out of this break talking about something that was influenced by uh, Chic playing okay. in the studio next to them. Right. It's one of these things that classical rockers that will say, Disco sucks! The problem is a real famous classical rock song or classic rock song was influenced by Chic, or so the story goes. 
But first, let's talk about this. As I was researching this past the Reverb.com article, I found that the vast majority, in fact, all of the songs recorded by Motown were done completely DI through a direct inbox. No amplifiers? Really? No, no amplifiers. Now, they had to mic the drums, and of course, the electric piano probably had to come in the same way and such, but... In terms of their major hits through the 1960s, everything was done through DI. And the way I found that was a guy decided to say, why can't I get that guitar sound from the four tops, Reach Out, I'll Be There? Uh And he found out that it's, look, you can't do it because they didn't use an amplifier. There was a guy that worked for the the people of Motown. His name was Russ Tarana, T-E-R-R-A-N-A. And he says, everything we recorded was through a DI box, so it sounded like that DI box. It went into a specific board, so it sounded like that board. And then we had one eight-band equalizer system that we would set for each song. No one can equal it. Absolutely no. And when you listen to, like, ABC by the Jacksons, right? that's gorgeous. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't care whether you like the song or not. But the bass, the guitar, it's gorgeous. It's clean. It's beautiful. And another thing that was really neat about uh, the boards in the 1960s, specifically the Motown board, you could come out of a guitar and go directly into the board without a DI box. How is that possible? Well, the board they're using is tube-driven, which means you could take the gain preamp you could take the gain and fire it up and take that guitar sound and amplify it directly from the board which means you know the more stuff you put in line yes the more effects the more the more chance you got for whatever noise but if you go guitar to board yep and that's it you don't have any problems with all of that additional stuff. So that guitar on ABC, that bass on ABC, man, that's clear. You know it was because nothing was in line. Wow. Beautiful. There you go. Who else is listening to us here on the Rock School Show? XZY Kane PA. Fantastic. You're cool. You're radio cool. Why? You didn't, you didn't use the W. Oh. Yeah. If it's, if it's out west, you got to use the K. Exactly. But out east, you can just call it by its three remaining letters. Rock and roll, man. cool. Back in a minute on Rock School. Coming out of the second break, this is where I upset, maybe not, but I think so, I upset some classic rock fans. The group, Chic, was recording in one studio, and another group was recording in another studio. Who was it? Pink Floyd. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. Now, think about Another Brick in the Wall Part 2. Now, I'm not saying that Chic was next door because a lot of people know that tapes were sent around. The four guys weren't talking to each other during the wall. But at some point in time, they were recording and Chic was next door. Think about Another Brick in the Wall Part 2. Doesn't that sound a little like Chic? Doesn't that sound a little like Niall Rogers playing the guitar? You're nuts. It's not him. No, 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 no. But that idea of the movement. Well, here's the thing. The solo, that 
famous, that infamous solo, maybe the second best known solo by Roger Gilmore behind Comfortably Numb. Uh That solo at the end of We Don't Need No Education. Right. How was it done? Exactly. He did exactly the same thing that Niall Rogers did. He took his guitar, which, by the way, was a Les Paul with P90 pickups. Now, those of you who are purists out there are like, no, it's not. It's his black Strat. It's what he plays in concert. Well, in concert, he may play it. But when he recorded it, it was a Les Paul with P90 pickups in it. You're lying. Go look it up. So what he did, straight into the board, same way Niall Rogers recorded, straight into the board. He said it didn't have enough meat after we listened to it, enough right. punch. So what they did was they took, the, listen to this, they took the track, they ran the track into an amplifier, and they recorded the amplifier. And that's what you get. Oh my gosh. So you guitarists out there that are like, I just can't get that sound. No, nobody, you can't. Nobody can get that sound. Right. That's ridiculous. Here you go, let's listen to it. Pink Floyd on Rockstar Final break here on the Rock School Radio Show. And once again, I'd like to thank Reverb.com, the uh, the guy who's in charge, editor Dan Orkin, and also the man who wrote the article, Dante Fumo. Eight famous guitar tones that were recorded straight into the board. If you haven't been to Reverb.com yet, please go. You can buy and sell equipment. And it's not just guitars. In fact, remember I talked about the Optigod a little bit earlier on? The thing in radio? Yeah. They had four Optigods up for sale. Really? Yeah. So go see them. And if you do nothing else, make a point of signing up for their newsletter. It is really cool. We'll end on this one. Do you know the David Bowie song, Heroes? Yeah. Yes. Okay. It has a really neato mosquito guitar solo in there played by Robert Fripp. Now, Robert Fripp was known for standing very close to his Marshall amplifiers cranked up to 12, okay? And the thing is, a, a guitar pickup, I know what people are going to say, well, it's, it's, it's because of the effect, because of the, uh, the magnetic effect and metal strings, that's all it picks up. Not so. If you are standing next to an amplifier and you are using that pickup and you are allowing the amplifier sound to go into the pickup, that's going to alter the sound. That's why a guitar can feed back. So what happened was Fripp arrives in Berlin, which was where they were recording. He's got his Les Paul no amplifier. So he goes into the studio with the guy producer Tony Visconti and he records three versions of the solo note for note three versions note for note directly into the board okay fine here's the thing Visconti says it doesn't have you know the punch when you listen to the solo it's kind of got that warbliness to it is that even a word it is kind of got that (laughs) neat sound to it and you're like wow that's got to be a phase shifter or that's got to be a you know an echoplex or a something 
what Visconti did is three tracks, three tries, turn on all three tracks. And that's the reason it has that weird sound. How come I can't get that sound from the uh, hero's solo? You'd have to have three tracks all going at the same time, exactly the same recording done at different times. So things are starting at the wrong time and stopping at the wrong time. And that's how they got it. That's how it was done. Wow. Yep. Wow, wow, wow. Yep. I still like recording out of an amplifier because I like the sound of my amplifier. Are you old school? That's not that. I use heavily overwound uh, pickups. I don't use just PAFs and things like that. I use heavily overwound pickups. And I think it drives the amplifier a lot better. Really? So I like recording out of the amplifier. And there you have it. But again, that does it. Some of the greatest guitar tones ever. And by the way, go look at Reverb.com because I did not tell you all of the uh, examples that were in the article. There are more. And of course, place uh, comment and you can tell them what you think and what you have to say. And that'll do it. A a not so fun but rather technical show. Did well, you, you, you got to do it every once in a while, right? Did you understand it? Oh, absolutely. I don't think you're quite telling me the truth. Oh, absolutely yeah. not. Okay, I'm Joe Burns. I'm Tammy Burns. That'll do it. Class is dismissed.